Well, this for me has been a, uh, just a remarkable week. And as I, um, as I have listened to the songs today, I'm kind of like David. Uh, David was over here emotional a minute ago. I'm the same way. I'm not typically a very emotional person, but uh, man, with all that's gone on this week, I am simply a wreck. <laughs> um, I got to see firsthand God's incredible care for us. It's, it's really a neat story, the way it happened. Last week, I became a granddad, and man, in my opinion, there's just nothing better than that, short of God's love. And um, Yesterday, the next closest thing, our kids, our daughter and son-in-law and grandbaby live, uh, well, about nine hours away over near Wilmington, North Carolina. And so yesterday... Uh, we got to move them from North Carolina to Chattanooga, Tennessee, and uh, uh, in the process of moving, uh, man, we had a horrific experience. Uh, I got a call, and just to show God's care for you, this, this is really a, a simple thing. I didn't intend to talk about this, don't have time to talk about it, but I'm going to anyway, so just sit back and enjoy yourself, okay? Uh, so... We started, we left, uh, packed up everything yesterday morning and headed back. We got, oh, about 45 minutes down the road and uh, uh, Luke and Cameron and Colton were waiting a little while to leave. Uh, feed-in process was taking place. So they waited and about 40 minutes into our trip, we got a call from Luke and Luke said, uh, if you can, I need you to pull over and check something in the back of the truck. And the answer to what was in the back of the truck or not in the back of the truck would depend on whether or not we had to turn around and drive that 40 minutes back. And to be honest with you, I was a little stressed because Saturday, I'm usually studying all day long and then Sunday morning studying. And, and I knew I needed to get back and do some investing in our study for this, this morning. And, and so I was a little bit stressed about this long drive ahead of me. And I thought, oh, okay, but God, you know. And I, honestly, this was my thought. God, you know. Uh, you know hey I warned you just get used to it today okay you know what lies ahead uh, man I might as well go sit down I think you know what lies ahead on this trip and so I pulled off the road and got out, I walked to the back, and as I started back to the back of the trailer, we were pulling a U-Haul trailer behind a truck, and as I got to the back there, I saw smoke. If this keeps up, I am just gonna go sit down, okay? <laughs> Uh, we'll just dis we'll have our big announcement and we'll go home because uh, it's not accomplishing a whole lot. So y'all just pray for me, all right? Uh, some smoke was boiling out from the back of the trailer. And uh, now obviously I'm not a mechanic, but uh, I knew that that was a problem. Uh, I could look at that and see this is an issue that's got to be taken care of. And uh, lo and behold, we, we sit there for a minute and let the smoke 
dissipate. In fact, we sat there a long time. I called U-Haul, and I stayed on hold for forever. I figured that they were going to want to know where we were, and so I had to walk to the next mile marker, and it was 148 degrees outside. And uh, So got back to the trailer and uh, told them where we were, found out that there was an exit just about a mile and a half up. And so we drove on up to a gas station. We sat there. After about an hour and a half, they came, and the guy looked at the, at the, the trailer, and he said, they have left the parking brake on this trailer engaged. And if you'd gone much further. If, if you'd gone much further, there would have been a fire. David, this is your fault. You started this. Oh, my goodness. Hey, listen. As, as they were singing the song, I am amazed. It just, it just dawned on me. I am amazed at the same thing. That God could love me. God could care enough about me. that he would allow something that was unnecessary because what we thought might be the problem in the back of the truck wasn't, but had to have that happen so that we would stop, so that there would not be a fire, so there would be no destruction of property and possibly even uh, injuries and all this other stuff. God cares for us in ways that we don't understand. Sometimes in the middle of our distress, in the middle of our fears, in the middle of our anxieties, the middle of our problems, the middle of our tears, we, we just have to back up and say, God, what are you up to? And we have to come to the place to where we trust Him so fully and so completely that even these things that, man, we, we wouldn't wish on our worst enemies can somehow be comforting to us because God is at work in everything that happens in our lives. I, um, I tell you, I, I would love just to keep talking to you. I would love just to tell you what all God has done throughout the course of this week. And, and the, the good things, but also the scary things. The scary things that brought those moments of tension. and The scary things in talking to some of you and finding out what was going on in your life. To hear, to hear some of the things that have happened this week among the people right here. It, it, it can actually petrify you if you allow it to. And yet, just to back up and say, wait a minute. I've got a God who knows all about me. There's the key, right? Because he knows all about us. And yet, he still loves us. 
And for those of us who are his children, he is working in every small detail of our lives. The good things, the bad things, the horrible things. God is at work in those things to bring about what is best for those who love him. And I tell you what, I know, I've talked to several of you this week, either through, through texting or Facebook messages or just seeing your post on Facebook or personally on the phone or whatever, and I know there's some horrible things going on in some people's lives right here in the auditorium. And it's hard, it's hard for me to imagine how can this be good? How can this be what is best for these people who are involved in these situations? And it is beyond me to figure that out. And I know you were hoping I would come up here and say, oh, well, here it is, one, two, three. This is, this is the reason it's good. I can't figure that part out. What I do know is that God's ways are not our ways. God's plans are not our plans. We have no way of comprehending what all God is maneuvering and doing in order to bring about that which is absolutely best for those who love Him in every single situation of our lives. We don't know. We don't know. And I know it is so hard for me in this moment to look at some of you who are facing difficult times because I know that this is hard to hear right now. In fact, you made us want to get up and walk out on something like this. I understand that. Melinda and I have been in times like that when some of these things that are comforting in normal times aren't necessarily so comforting in other times. And I want you to understand something. The deeper your trust of God goes, the deeper your knowledge of God's Word and His promises go, the easier it is to accept this as God's incredible kindness in some way. I've been amazed in talking with some of you to hear you saying or, or reading what you've said that yes, this is, this is incredibly hard, but we know that this is God's will. God's working in this situation somehow. It has been an encouragement to me to read that in the middle of your difficulty, in the middle of your trial. To, to see your faith standing strong. Man, I'm excited. I'm excited by that. I do not have time to go any further, or we're not going to get to our study today. So let me just jump right in here. If you've got your study guide, if you haven't taken it out yet, you'll find it in your bulletin. If you would, grab that out. I'm going to move through this just as quickly as possible. But there's some thoughts here that I want to share with you regarding fear. 
For some of you, I know the answer to the question I'm getting ready to ask because I've seen it this past week. But I want you to think back to the last time you experienced fear on a level that was paralyzing. I want you to think back to the last time you, you faced anxiety and fear over what was going on in your life. And I want you to recall the circumstances. What was it that made that so fearful? What was it? Wouldn't it be wonderful if there was a way just to destroy our fear? If there was a way to alleviate it, to wipe it out. Not that we would never face times of being afraid. Certainly that's human nature. But that we would not allow that fear to overwhelm us, to somehow grip us and paralyze us. Wouldn't it be incredible if it was possible for us to get to the place to where we would, we would be able to destroy that which would tie us up and keep us bound? Did you know that that's actually a possibility? In fact, the Bible is very clear. And David is talking about a particular time in his life when this happened and what God showed him through the process to bring him out of that, to teach him and thereby to teach us that it is possible to have the destruction of fear in our lives, to see it completely removed. So what do we do? Look at these verses at the top of your study guide. Psalm chapter uh, 56 verses 3 and 4, David says this, When I am afraid, I will put my trust in you. I will praise God for what he has promised. I trust in God, so why should I be afraid? What can mere mortals do to me? There are three thoughts I want to give you. Number one, get ready to write. When I am afraid, there must be in my life a resolve. Uh, uh, there must be a determination, an act of the will. And what is my resolve in this situation? He tells us in verse 3, When I am afraid, I will put my trust in you. I will put my trust in you. You have to look long and hard throughout the scriptures pertaining to the life of David, who would later become King David, to find a time when he says, I was afraid. Not that there weren't times when he was afraid. I believe there were times... Certainly when he faced fear in his life. I mean, this guy went up against a lion, a bear, a nine-foot giant as a teenage boy. I believe there were times in his life when there was a little bit of fear in his life, but not to the extent that we find him dealing with and talking about in this particular passage. In fact, what we find him talking about is a time that relates back to 1 Samuel chapter 21. You might want to write that passage down and go back and read the story later. I'm not going to read it to you for time's sake, but you're going to find it to be a remarkable story. 1 Samuel chapter 21. But let me just read to you three verses. Verses 10 through 12. It says, Then David arose and fled that day from before Saul and went to Achish the king of Gath. And the servants of Achish said to him, is this not David, the king of the land? Did they not sing of him to one another in dances, saying, Saul has slain his thousands, and David his ten thousands? David heard these comments and was very 
afraid of what King Achish might do to him. So here's the situation. David is fleeing from one who wants to kill him. The one who should be protecting him, his king, because of jealousy is out to kill him. And not just saying it, but actually trying it. There were two times recorded in Scripture where David was unaware of what was going on, that Saul lifted up his, his, uh, his spear and flung it at David, intending, the Bible says, to pin him to the wall. I mean, this was the atmosphere in which David was fi found himself. And as a result of what was going on, the Bible says that David fled from the presence of Saul. He ran away because he knew if he stayed there, it meant certain death. And in the middle of this turmoil, in the middle of this anxiety and this fear that would have already gripped him, what am I going to do? Where am I going to go? He flees to a place called Gath. And he goes to the king thinking that the king will grant him asylum. And while he's there, the king's men come in to talk to him. His advisors come in to talk to him and say, but you better think about this before you let this guy in the land. You better remember who he is. He is a great threat to us. He is one who is a great warrior, who it is attributed to him to have killed ten thousands of men. And this is a remarkable uh, guy. We can't have him here. It is very much a threat to our way of life. And the Bible says that David heard them talking and he perceived what the king had in his heart to do to him. David developed a real sense of fear, a hearty sense of fear, because he knew if circumstances didn't change right then, that he would be dead very soon. The Bible says in verse 13 of 1 Samuel chapter 21 that David developed a plan in his mind. This great warrior, this great swordsman, this great fighter, this, this great leader of warriors developed this plan. And we would think, okay, man, he draws his sword and he's out for blood and guts. You want to take me down? Okay, come on, make my day. Verse 13 tells us that what he did instead was he started scratching on the doors and drooling down his beard to act crazy. Fear had so gripped him that David didn't resort to his training. David didn't resort back to what he was skilled to do. In fact, David went into this act that he was a crazy man, and it worked because the king said, throw this crazy guy out of here. we got enough in our country as it is. David had faced a fear that maybe we won't face not the same kind of fear because he thought he was dead. Thought he was dead. But it was during the process of this experience that David had that something incredible came out of it. That David began to understand what had gripped him, what had paralyzed him. And David resolved in that moment, it's not the way it's going to be anymore. I know I can't trust my own abilities. I know in this instance I can't trust my soldiers because they're not here. But I can trust the Lord. 
I can trust everything God has said to me. I can trust the Lord. David in that moment resolved in an act of the will, a determination, that what had gripped him before would not grip him again. David put his total trust in God. And I just thought, man, what a great, a great uh, way for us to live our lives. What a great example David has set that we determine the same thing, that we resolve the same thing. So then what is it? Let's go back to what we talked about first. What is it that has gripped you with fear most recently? I was actually supposed to use this study. I was, had it ready and was going to use it last Sunday. Because of things progressing with uh, our daughter and some difficulties with my plans, we had to leave early. So maybe it is that you've had this experience, this fear this past week, and God said, okay, I just wanted to hold that back, this thought back for just a little while, just for you. So what is it that's overwhelmed you? Is in a moment like this, and we pause with David, and we say, I've been held by this fear long enough. God, my resolve is that I will trust you completely. But then why was it that David had such a resolve? I want you to go with me to the second point, number two. We find this in his confidence, confidence of David. So number two, my confidence, and David spells it out for us in the first part of verse four, my confidence, he says, I praise God for what he has promised. So my confidence is in the promises of God, the trustworthy promises of God. Maybe you would want to write that in as well. My confidence is... To be able to resolve to trust in God is not based in me. It's not based in my abilities. It's not based in things. It's not based in someone else. But it's based in the incredible promises of God. I resolve to trust the Lord because I have experienced His promises and I found Him to be truthful in everything that He says and he does for me. David had learned certain things. He learned that he could not put his faith in the hands of people. Now, either on the good side or the bad side. He could not put his fate in this situation in the hands of his warriors because he knew that the warriors weren't there to protect him. Had some of them known his situation, they no doubt would have come to his defense. But in this particular case, they were not there to protect him. But then he could also not put his confidence in his fate being in the hands of man. On the bad side, he could not trust that they were going to kill him. He could not say beyond any shadow of a doubt, I'm a dead man. Why? Because it was not up to them. It all sat in the hands of God. This was all in God's control. You may remember that God had promised David the kingdom of Israel. That God had given David a promise. David, I'm going to make you king over the land. And there, your dynasty will reign forever. 
David could have thought back to the promise of God and said, God, you've, you've told me this. You've shared this with me. And therefore, I really don't have to be afraid in this situation. Because, yes, it looks, it looks pretty bad. Yeah, it looks like this guy's going to kill me. And if he doesn't, Saul's probably going to come and find me. But yet, there is a promise you made to me that supersedes what I see happening right now. This promise is greater than the problem that is at hand. So then what do we do? Even as David did, we find confidence in the promise of God during our times of fear. We go to the Word of God. We dig in the Word of God until God speaks to us and gives us a promise from His Word. And we cling to the promise of God. We cling to it in the time of fear. We cling to it in the time of anxiety, in the time of difficulty and problem. We hold to the promise of God because it is trustworthy every single time. And so I can put my trust in God because He has given me promises. Now what does that mean? That means that I've got to make the Word of God a priority for my life. I've got to be consistent in the Word of God. I've got to know the promises of God before I can cling to the promises of God. I can't simply make up my own promises and say they're from God. It doesn't work that way. I'm not God. Never will I be. So then to get the promises that will sustain me through times of fear and anxiety, I must go to the Word of God, I must get the promises straight from God. And please hear me. If you get a promise you're saying is from God that violates God's Word, that goes against God's Word, that is not God's promise to you. God will never give you something that violates His Word. Please don't. Please don't even go there. Get in the Word of God. Know what God says to you and, and cling to the truth of God's Word. One final thought. When I place my trust, my resolve is that I will place my trust in God and my confidence for such a resolve is based in His promises, then that brings me, number three, to my conclusion. I have to come to a point where I just conclude as David did, the end of verse four, where he says, I trust in God." So why should I be afraid? What can mere mortals do to me? I trust in God. Why should I be afraid? They have no power over me. They have no ability to harm me. They have no ability to influence my life in any way except what God allows. And I am certain from God's promises that what He allows to take place in my life is somehow, even though I may not see it, even though I may not like it, is somehow for my good and for His glory. And therefore, I will trust in God. So the conclusion then to put down is I have no reason to be afraid. I have no reason to be afraid. What is my conclusion? I have no reason to fear. Fear has held me long enough. Fear has gripped my life and held me captive long enough. I will place my trust in the Lord 
because of his promises, I know what he's going to do. I know what he's doing and what he's working. I may not know specific details, but I get a pretty broad picture of where this is going. And therefore, I conclude that I have no reason to be afraid. Now, as I said earlier, these things are much easier to accept when there's no difficulty. But I can assure you of something. From my personal experience, the more I institute these things into my own life, the more I engage the Word of God to know what God is saying to me, the more I place my trust in God and I rely upon Him and I understand that He is my all in all, as Jason said earlier, then the easier it's going to be to destroy the fears that are gripping my life. Not that somehow you're magically going to be released from the situation. But it is possible to have peace in the middle of an otherwise scary situation. So what do we do with this? Here's what I would like to do. I don't want to give a formal invitation this morning. What I'd like to do is just to pause for a second and give us time to simply say, Okay, God. Maybe I'm not going through that fear, but I have in the past. Or, or maybe my life's not long enough. I really hadn't had huge fears yet, but I realize someday I probably will. And so, God, I just want to trust you. I, by an act of my will today, I determine that in these situations, I will trust you. And God, I'm going to get into your word so I know what your promises are. I'm not going to let it sit on the shelf. I'm, I'm going to be in your word. I'm going, to, I'm going to dig for myself. And I'm going to find what you're saying to me from your word. And I'm going to cling to that confidently. So that I have the trust in you. To help me destroy my fears. Because I conclude... There's really no reason for me to be afraid.